that you'd speak clearly through her tonight. And Father, as even that passage that we read says, Lord, help us to be people who don't just listen, but people who listen and do what your word says as well. Give us that courage and confidence, we pray. Amen. Thank you. It's okay. Okay. What would happen if Christians acted like we believe what we say we believe? Say that again. What would happen if Christians acted like we believe what we say we believe? That that came through on a Facebook post last week. I've got an American friend, and it was about an article connected with the um, shootings in a church in Texas. But that stuck with me throughout all my preparation. It's basically saying, are we acting what we believe or not? And would we see a difference if we actually all who profess to follow Christ started to act in accordance with how we believe? Some of you might know um, that I'm a bit of a science fiction fan. Now, my favourite favourite is Star Wars, but if Star Wars isn't around, Star Trek... Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's a bit loud. (laughs) Star Trek is good. And actually, my brain must work in a really peculiar way because when I read the text for the first time, it was the Borg from Star Trek that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. You'll probably see where I'm going with this. Um, for those who do not know, the Borg are an um, antagonist of Star Trek. Um, they, li- they are drones. They live in a collective or a hive where they all seem to be able to know what's going on with one another. And they actually come across other races and want to assimilate them into their way of being, forcibly transforming how they are, using violent, horrible injections of bits of um, robots onto the sides of these, these other creatures. And their ultimate target is achieving perfection. Now, we have a God who is so not like that. We have a God who does not coerce. He doesn't try to control. And he doesn't act like an authoritarian dictator either, does he? And yet, we as Christians are sort of assimilated into the life of God We are invited to live a life in Christ together. We come to know that we are beloved children of our Heavenly Father. And we come to know that when we are in Christ, we are not controlled against our will or assimilated into a structure or a way of being that is unhelpful. But we are called into relationship. We become children of God part of a family. We who profess as Christians, we've received the word. We've received Jesus with us. We've been touched by God and we've responded. And when we've been touched by God, how we live matters so much. We really need to watch what we say and how we speak. The text that Martin read, James 1, verses 19 to 20, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
we are to live learning to control our speech. It's a way of learning to live and act wisely because we can do significant damage to relationship if we're not careful with what comes out of our mouths. In fact, anger lacks wisdom. It's sort of like a poison that drains and flows into everything from the source from which it comes, contaminating all that hear or come across it. Anger can destroy friendship, it can destroy relationship, it can destroy trust and create hurt. So it's real wise words. Be ready to listen and be slow to speak because we need to guard our relationships, how we act with one another. I said this morning, and I'll say it again, we need to be happy not to always to need to be right. We've got to let it go. Be the first to say sorry, to seek reconciliation, to seek relationships that are harmonious. We live in a world where we see so much violence and all that is so contra to the command that we have as Christians to love all. Violence itself cannot be used to establish the rule of God. We have the way of the cross to follow, which shows all that a surrendered life can achieve. So friends, we need to be ready to recognise sin for what it is. It is a part of our human condition, of living in a fallen world. It's a turning away from God, producing an existence of selfishness, something we are called to reject. So for ourselves, we need to be quick to confess our sins to our Heavenly Father. And then when we see others we need to remember that we are not their judge, that that is God's work. And we leave them to him to act in his time. Now, I'm not saying that there's no need to talk through disagreements, to come alongside our brothers and sisters, to help and encourage and support. I'm just saying that it's part of our human condition. It's something that we need to be aware of and quick to act with. But it's really important to remember that we're not the judge. Our command is to love, and it's even to love our enemies. Enemies being those we find difficult to love, and I think we've probably all got some of those, whether they've been in the past or are in our present. Verse from Luke, chapter 6, verse 35. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. So retaliation with anger isn't going to cut it. Because it's a way of being that will divide us ultimately. I love films, and in my day off on Friday, I went to see Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, Does everybody know the storyline-ish? Okay, I won't try and give too much away. But the the death, the murder of a child leads to murder of her parents too, or the death of her parents too. And those who loved these people decided to take justice into their own hands. And the story unfolded, and it had a 
very um, yeah, difficult end. That's not what we are called to do. We're not called to act on our anger. Yet there is a place for anger. There is a place for righteous anger. Let's just remember that Jesus did turn over the tables that the moneylenders were having in the temple. So we're not called that anger is only bad, but it's how we use and when we use and what we're doing with our mouths. We are called to live to please God and do his will. So creating division and lack of relationship isn't what God wills for us, I do not think. We have a relational God who exists in Trinity, in relationship. God is Father, God is Son, and God is Holy Spirit. And we are invited to take part in this divine relationship through Christ. And we know we are in relationship because we have something inside that convicts us, that tells us of that. We are changed from the inside out. Words from Jeremiah chapter 31. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. When we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. Whether we feel that reality or not, that is true. And we have the presence of the Holy Spirit continually convicting us, teaching us, guiding us, and encouraging us. We are all called to live in the body of Christ. But as we are called to live, we are not called to be passive. We actually need to commit ourselves to some sort of changed lifestyle. We need a humble acceptance of the how this works for us in the here and now. So a challenge, what is it for you? What is your here and now What is your doing that comes from the knowing, that comes from the listening? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because we are all called to be doers of our faith and not just listeners. We are called to put into action the new life that we have within us. And that life is life in all its fullness. Read John 10.10 again. James mentions the parable of the mirror. He says, there are, they don't be like those who look at themselves in a mirror and on going away immediately forget what they look like. So actually this could be coming along on a Sunday. It could be coming and sitting in church week in, week out, feeling good, enjoying singing, possibly feeling challenged, but actually walking out and it not making a blind bit of difference. So what would be changed if we lived as though we believed what we say? Well, our relationships would be transformed. We are not called to live um, by ourselves individually. We are called to live in relationship one with each other. Relationships matter so much. We need each other. Steve said that this morning. But more than that, we need the presence of good, healthy relationships because they are themselves a witness to this world. We are called to be a people who have infinite respect for one another, who live forgiving each other, 
supporting each other, encouraging each other. What is the conduct of behaviour God wants for his people? It's one of right relationship one to another, regardless of gender, age, ethnicity, social standing. It doesn't matter. That almost is irrelevant. We are called to live lives of obedience. For me, this text is reminding us, it's speaking about a reorientation of our values when we are in Christ. This is how it can be. We no longer live according to the standards of the world. We are now aliens in the culture we live in. We're not to take vengeance into our own hands. We're called to love one another. Learning to love, that can be a whole sermon series. More than that, it's a whole life, isn't it? It's how to live a life. It can be a process. It might not be immediate. We will make mistakes. But it's important to know the word of God and be able to act on the word of God. We, I hope, friends, have each received this heavenly gift of salvation. So how has that changed us from the inside out? How are we playing our part? What is our response to the love of God in our lives? Well, our response is to love in return. We are called to live in response to God's grace. We've been given in him a new freedom to live, freed from sin and death. Freely we have received, so freely we give. This gift of salvation is something we cannot earn. It's gift, pure gift. And it's so important, isn't it, that others come to know about this gift. Verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It's for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, Paul writes, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus came to serve. Remember, he washed his disciples' feet. His ministry was one of living to serve others bringing healing to their lives, saying, you are included, you are welcome, come and join in. Actually, I think he was quite a revolutionary for his time. He was an activist. We're not meant to be passive, we're meant to follow in his footsteps. We're too meant to be activists. So what is this for each of us? One thing that I'm certain it is for each of us is a specific call that we have as Christians to help the vulnerable, whoever they may be. It's to look for the most vulnerable in our midst and come alongside them and help them in whatever way we can. And that speaks about our mission of, a church, of, a, of the church that we are also called to participate in. It is so important that we look different to the surrounding culture. Otherwise, what are we saying we believe in if it doesn't flow through us and become a part of our being and our everyday existence? 
So we're called to reject values that are not consistent with our faith. I could mention things like unhealthy competition, ambition, accumulation of wealth and materialism. We need the confidence to be different. We need to be able to live this faith, not just learn it. I just want to end with these words. that Again, I saw them on Facebook this week. They're words from Walter Brueggemann. He said that the prophetic tasks of the church are to tell the truth to a society that lives in illusion, to grieve in a society that practices denial and express hope in a society that lives in despair. We have God who dwells within us, a God who is for us. We are participating and included in God's life and mission in the world. So we need to do as well as listen. And how can we share with authenticity and integrity if our lives do not share, show the gospel? Is there any integrity in that? So this gospel, it is real. Let's live it. Let's prove it. How can we live it? Let's live as though we truly believe what we say we do. Amen.